sweet on Christian Cage, if you know what I mean. The AEW Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa. Nobody is on my level. The TBS Champion. I want you to fire me, you f- Alright, hello everybody and welcome to this week's AEW Dynamite Review Show. We are here, we are here with Ashley Mann. And uh, Ashley, how you doing? Doing fabulous, how are you Mimi? I'm good, I'm happy, I'm happy to have you back. I'm happy to be reviewing the show, and yeah, and we're a lot of like TV specials lately. We had Road Rager, we had uh, Fighter Fest, now we have Fight for the Fallen, and I think um, I I don't know if be, between Fighter Fest and this, I've been really enjoy- I'm just glad. I feel like we're we're picking back up. I felt like there was a little bit of a lull there for a while, and and I feel like we're back on track here. So I'm excited. Leading to is it All Out or All In that's coming up next? All out. All out. And, you know, that was like the best pay-per-view of the year for me last year, so I don't think they're going to top that. But, uh, you know, with the debut of Brian Danielson and Adam Cole and CM Punk's first match, you're probably not going to top that. But but definitely exciting nonetheless. So so I'm excited to hear your thoughts about the show, and, and we won't waste any time. We'll just jump right into it, and we'll talk about that first match, which was, surprisingly enough, the AEW Interim World Title match. And I didn't get to ask you, before we even get into the match itself, what what did you think about John Moxley, you know, being the, the new Interim World Champion? I think out of all the options that they had, um, all the injuries set aside, I think he was... Probably for that matter, even injuries, you know, even if a lot of the people that you had were still on board, like Omegas and Colds and things like that, I probably still would have gone with a, a Moxley as your interim champ as well. Um, the build up to it, those those couple weeks with those matches and the Battle Royal, whatever they called it, I probably would have done a little bit differently. But Moxley is pretty much the like ideal champion, and in my opinion, I think it's going to make for a stellar Punk versus Moxley match when Punk is ready to come back. So um, I think in that in that regard, it was a win win and they got super lucky that Moxley was able to come back when he did from, you know, being out earlier in the year. So I think in that regard, it worked out perfect. Yeah, I thought it was a little weird that they had the Battle Royale and it was like whoever wins is facing Moxley. And I don't even think he was the number one ranked. It was Wardlow who was number one ranked. And he was like, well, I don't want the title match. I want the TNT. It was weird. It was very contrived and odd. But yeah, we're here now. And anyways, and um, and yeah, this match was hard hitting uh, against Roosh. Rush, Roosh, uh, and obviously with Jose the assistant by his side. I thought this was scrappy overall. This was like, you know, obviously starting off, beating him, beating him up before the bell, and then they just beat the crap out of each other, and John Moxley ended up getting the win uh, with the bulldog choke and a really cool transitions at the end. So I wasn't, like, super high on this. This didn't. This was not my favorite match of the night by any means. I've seen a lot of people who really, really enjoyed this. I, I don't... I don't know if it's the style that isn't for me, just subjectively, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm kind of there with you as well. I think a lot of people were were just craving over this because it was Roosh's best match in AEW. Granted, he hasn't really been here long at all, but this was like a a good showcasing for him, I guess, in that respect. Um, I I was able to see him versus Dragon Lee at the Ring of Honor. Yeah, that was a great match. Yeah, so that was really good. So that kind of like really opened my eyes to him as well. But in in this match, I don't know. I think it was it served its purpose as as well as kind of like what you were saying. Um, I was kind of surprised too that they opened the show with this match. I was kind of expecting this to be the main event, but I don't know. It it kind of like I said served its purpose. Um, and I really liked the angle that it kind of set up afterwards, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a second. But I don't know. Like I wasn't crazy over this match. Um, I I just felt like it was okay. You know, it was what it was. Yeah. And, I, and, the, and seeing the review, I'm sorry to cut you off, like it just, I, when people were just kind of like raving as much as they were, I was just kind of like, man, like, I kind of want to go back and rewatch it. Like, maybe I wasn't, you know, didn't give it a, as much focus as I should have, but I don't know. Like, I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was stellar. Yeah, I want to put it at the main event as well. I probably would have started the show off with um with Brian Danielson returning and all that stuff too. But though I guess that Brian Danielson match d- did deserve the main event in the end. Um, I, I enjoyed that match way more than this one. But yeah, I don't um, you know, sometimes people like again all wrestling and all art and all that stuff is all subjective. So like sometimes you're just not gonna like stuff that a lot of people like, and sometimes you're gonna love stuff that a lot of people hate. Uh, and um. And I think that was just the case on this for me. I, I thought, don't get like, don't get me wrong. I was, I was entertained, but I, and and I yeah, obviously sure. these guys are beating the crap out of each other. It's like you know, I always want to mention that, like you know, they're putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment. But like, 
Yeah, I didn't. Um, I think John Moxley has been on a roll, probably wrestler of the year almost. But um, and and I love this new style, like this urgency he's wrestling with too. It's really like all the submissions, all that stuff. It's almost like he's going for the win right away, and I really do enjoy that too. But I just this for me, uh, Roosh, Roosh isn't it for me so far. I think. Uh, I think. Yeah. I I don't know what new he brings to the table that somebody else in the uh, on the roster doesn't already, like an Andrade or somebody like that. I, I don't. I, to me, the signing seemed a little bit weird. But um, uh, okay. there's probably a lot more Roosh matches to go back and watch. I just I like I see this match and like like you watch a Will Osprey match, like your first Will Osprey match. Pick any match and you're like, I'm gonna go watch more of this guy. Like this is you know uh, this guy's got a lot of talent. Like I watched uh. Will Ospreay versus Ricochet, which is like the, you know, the infamous whatever oh, yeah. gymnastics thing. But I watched it and I was like, I want to see more of this guy. I watched him versus Walter um, after that. And like, like I found an urgency to go seek out more Will Ospreay when I saw a Will Ospreay match. I didn't feel that way with Roosh here. So um, uh, I felt a little bit more, like you said, at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And before we go into what happened uh, at the end of this um at the end of the segment or whatever I want with Jericho and all, I want to ask you, I guess real quick, what were your thoughts on the whole death before dishonor? I love that name death before dishonor. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the pay-per-view. I, um, I started it a little bit late after it, it the show itself started live. Um, but I think that like just watch something about watching like a pay-per-view kind of live or even a little bit on delay kind of just adds to it as well. Like that excitement factor. But I think it was a good pay-per-view and I think, um, the buy like report came out and I think they said it was like around 36,000 buys or something like that. Um, and if that's the case, then that's really good for ring of honor. Um, that, that's a good sign going forward. I'm sure you've heard about the, some controversies coming out after that, which we won't get into today. Um, but it was, I thought it was a really good match or a, good, a really good pay-per-view itself. Um, I just, I think the follow-up is kind of key, right? Because you can put on, a good what four pay-per-views a year but if you don't have the shows in between especially for titles like your your tv championship like we the only time we've seen samojo lately is on the pay-per-view itself um so i don't know like unless there's like an injury that's going on with him that he's just you know has a limited schedule um i don't know the only thing i've kind of heard is just like his acting thing or whatever but Anyway, um, yeah, I just think the the main thing is with Ring of Honor right now is just follow up and and what Tony Khan is able to do, like whether it's like a TV deal or just like a streaming thing on YouTube or whatever he's gonna do. I think that's gonna be the main thing for them going forward. But I mean, the pay per view itself, it was it was just phenomenal. I think that FTR Briscoe's match is just, I mean, God, like that was worth the money itself. Yeah, I actually fell asleep before the match, and I was so upset, and I haven't oh, had no. the time to go back and watch it, but I've heard great things. I, I think that first match is a lot to live up to, but yeah, I enjoy the pay-per-view overall, too, for what I got to see, most of it at least. I love the Serena D mercedes martinez match. Like, that was probably my favorite match of the night, because I just love watching Serena Deeb do what Serena Deeb does. I was so heartbroken when she lost, but um, which is so funny, because what does that title really mean? What do all any of those titles really mean? Nothing, like you said, when there's no follow-up to it. But I, I think they should just get this on a YouTube show or something because, um, yeah, I'd like to see more of all these guys purely in just Ring of Honor, similar to, like, an NXT where it's, like, its own little world in a way. And I think some kind yeah. of YouTube show or something would, you know, it wouldn't make it must-watch TV, but it would definitely at least give you an excuse to, like, be able to build storylines and show you what's going on in Ring of Honor. They could do little recaps on Dynamite and stuff like that. So I don't know that. Yeah, that world title match though, I, I needed you know fifteen more minutes for me, ten more minutes, five more minutes. Oh even. yeah. Um, but other than that, it was it, it was a good show overall. So, uh, all right, what happened after this? We had Jericho come out with most of the JAS and basically challenged Moxley for a world title match. Said he's on a roll, all that stuff, beating Eddie Kingston. He looked banged up for sure, um, and I guess that's what happens when you have a yeah. barbed wire everywhere match. But uh, Moxley just starts <laughs> off by saying, "I love it." He goes, "I hate you, Jericho," uh, <laughs> and uh, and yeah. So we're leading to what? What was it called again? Like Quake at the Lake or Wake? Quake by Quake by the Lake. Quake by the <laughs> which lake. which makes no sense because yeah, there's like no lakes in in Minneapolis, which is where they're going. So okay well there we go good i would have never known that because i'm terrible geography but yeah they they fooled me nonetheless but yeah so whatever the heck that or rather there's no earthquakes yeah so there's it's just like you know like it's just it's just just one of those things that there there's just yeah yeah it's just like just pick a word that kind of rhymes with lake um and they went with earthquake and there's like no like real earthquake so i don't know like it's just it's one of those things i mean 
credit for trying to be cute, I guess, but yeah, a lot of <laughs> TV specials lately, but so in two weeks, yeah. that's what we're going with. And, um, and you know, for me, the Eddie Kingston Jericho match was a really big disappointment. Um, it sucks because you see these guys like literally going through barbed wire, like cutting their bodies open, all that stuff. But like the finish to the match, the contrived, all of that stuff was just so like, not the time for that. In my opinion, like it was time for Eddie Kingston to just get a win so as much as I enjoyed this segment, it was a little bit sweet and sour because, like, uh, I thought Moxley was great. I thought Jericho was great. I think Cool Hand Ange is one of the greatest things that ever happened <laughs> AEW with his comb and all that stuff. But uh miss Matt Menard this week. Missed that guy. He's oh, great. Yeah. yeah, we only got to hear his voice on that thing. But, um, but yeah, I, I, it was just bittersweet for me because I just – I like uh, – where they're going with this, I think Chris Jericho is a great interim, you know, challenger for the interim title. But I, I just think that um, the way we got here isn't so bueno. But wh- what did you think about the after the match segment? Yeah, I um, I didn't even now that you mentioned it, think about it again. Matt wasn't there. Matt Menard, gosh, it, he it it's crazy. Like I didn't even realize it at first, but now that you mentioned that, it's like gosh, it is kind of glaring thinking about it. Weird, but um. I I really love like you mentioned um I love what Moxley said um I love I just love Moxley's promos and yeah. part of me doesn't even feel right calling them promos because it feels like he just feels real like it just feels like he's just legit just saying what he like he himself would say you know so it for him I just I that's kind of why I'm, I'm really enjoying him as the interim champion right now and I love that he even addressed the the interim part and just it pretty much said like just call him the champion um I I really like that because. It made me just, or and probably that was this probably wasn't their intent, but it reminded me of what Warlow said. The reason that he didn't want to fight in the Battle Royal or whatever was because he didn't want to go for the interim championship, and because he wanted to fight CM Punk directly. When it's like, dude, like that's exactly what you're setting yourself up for. But yeah, whatever. Um, but I, I just, I love that he mentioned that. Um, it was just like a little thing to me that stood out. Um, in the like you mentioned with Jericho being the next challenger for Moxley going forward. I think that's, it's just perfect. It, it makes logical sense. They have history there. Um, I kind of like, kind of wish we could have got a little bit more time just to kind of see this, the new layer of their story play out. Cause I believe their first few, I'm, wasn't it during a time where it was like during the pandemic or something like that? Or I think it there was, was right before the pandemic or right before. Yes. Yeah. You're yeah. You're right. Um, I don't know. Like to me, like I think that they just kind of left a lot on the table and I feel like, especially with it being a title feud, like I would love to see them get like a little bit more time, but I get, you know, it, it is just the interim championship and the focus really isn't really on, on either of them, to be honest, you know, it's going to be on CM Punk and the, whenever Punk returns. So um, I guess we're just, I, I mean, I get, we're just filling time, but I don't know. I, I love this story and I, I love Jericho in this role. Um, but I, I hate to be this person. Um, but I, what do you think about Anna Jay really quick before we, mo- we move on and, and her heel turn and, and her, her first promo here last yeah, that night? Promo rather. was awful. <laughs> uh, I was like, God, and then you and you and I'm going to choke you out and you. Oh my gosh. It was there. I mean, I guess she's supposed to be annoying, but to me, there's a difference yeah. between like, like Sammy Guevara is annoying, right? Yeah. But like he's good at being annoying. Like he's the just right amount and, of annoying i think there's like like the screaming female wrestler or whatever has never got me it's like reminded me of like carmella um and and i love carmella yeah. oddly enough i'm like a, a carmella apologist but like um yeah i i like it was one of the worst of of that to me it just didn't it didn't hit. And I do like, though, like you said, I like what he mentioned about the interim championship. And I do like that um, Chris Jericho loves his, like, multiple personalities. You know what I mean? So the fact that we're getting, quote, unquote, the Lionheart is what it sounds like. Yes. Uh, I'm about that. But uh, leaving the wizard at home, leaving the wizard hat at home for a day. Um, but, yeah, no, I was not a fan of the Anna Jay thing. I think uh, I think it's sad that Ty Conti's been relegated to a valet um, when they probably really need their reps. That's why I was really hoping Serena, not to go on a complete tangent, but that's why I was hoping Serena Deeb was going to win the uh, Ring of Honor title because I was hoping they were just going to have challenges on dark like Mercedes Martinez has been doing and uh, and these women could just learn from the best there is, really. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, it was not for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, but I will just add on, um, since you brought up Ty Conti as well, uh, I, I don't really get the heel turn for Anna Jay. She's, it's not like... I'm, they're doing like a couples thing and jungle boys joining or they're acknowledging that on screen or anything like that. And especially since we will obviously get into jungle boy later on, but she just kind of like, to me, it's just like an, an awkward 
like I don't pairing isn't the right word Did obviously she but lose like just the match before like didn't she like she lost the match didn't she and then she turned is that what happened I'm pretty I sure she faced I God, I don't even I don't either I don't either I like it's, it just really came out of nowhere to me um and I just I don't know she just kind of feels like the third wheel and when especially when it comes to Sammy and Ty but like in the group as well it's just I don't I don't know like I'm I'm willing to give it time to see it play out and it, this is just the first week but I don't know it just felt kind of forced and just like really out of place to me yeah I'm all about putting women in factions too and I think that's always great like I always was a I was a proponent of putting someone like Layla Hirsch and Team Taz or something like that by yeah. the way where is she is she right? injured I have no idea. Exactly. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, but uh, not to go on a complete other tangent. But let's talk about the um, the trios titles because that's what was announced <laughs> next. And I'm I was like almost gonna sit down if I had the time and just like completely book out an entire trios titles tournament because as much as we have been overloaded with titles and I think we don't need any more title belts. We have way too many already in AEW, and now it looks like they're going with women tag team titles too, as that's like slowly creeping up in the background. Uh, with all these women's tag team being formed and then broken up already, apparently. But, uh, yeah, trios titles is something we've been longing for for a long time, or at least I know I have. And um, and I'm going to put you on the spot of who you think or who you would like to uh, win the trios titles, be the first inaugural, or not, I can never say that word, first trios <laughs> title champions. Um, to me, it, it's a toss-up, and I think it really factors or hinders, hinders on if, uh, Kenny Omega is going to be back in time and what the tournament is going to look like. If we just go back with the Young Bucks partnering up with like a Hangman page or something like that, then I would want the House of Black to be the inaugural champions. Um, I just feel like Malachi Black needs something. And I think they really, especially recently, put a lot into Brody King. And of course, this, I guess, hinges too on if uh, Buddy Matthews is able to come back. I think they, I heard somewhere he's in Australia right now. I don't know if, I don't know if it's like a work thing or I don't really know what's going on there. I'm not sure if, if you do either. Um, no, but, I was wondering where he was all together. I thought he was injured maybe. Yeah, I, I thought he was injured as well. And then I heard somewhere, I forget where I heard it was just like maybe the other day that he was in Australia or something. I don't know, but whatever's going on with him, I guess, you know, it obviously depends on if he'd be back as well. Um, so I guess for me, my, my two picks depend on the third person being back because without them, I I don't. And thinking back, and to me, I was kind of surprised that we got or they were introduced this week, rather. Um, and it to, and also too, just the way they debuted the past two new championships, the trios titles, and then the uh, the one the Atlant Atlantic Championship by just like having like the next scene, the titles just sitting by the commentators, and it's just like oh, like surprise, like here it is. I don't know, like to me, like if. It should be more of a big deal, um, especially with an announcement of a tournament and all that. But not to to go too too long with it here, but I I feel like this is a sign that Kenny will be back because Tony kind of mentioned that he was holding on to those titles and they've been made for quite some time now. And he was just waiting on Omega coming back. And I think obviously with All Out being in Chicago, I think this could be a sign that that's what's to come. Um so, yeah, I, I think, long story short, I, my initial pick would be Omega with the Young Bucks. Um, yeah, and I think maybe if, if not them, then House of Black. If if not, I don't really know. Like, I guess you could go, like, maybe, like, I don't want to say, like, an underdog pick, but, like, a death triangle. Um, but I don't know, since you have Pac as the All-Atlantic champion, I guess that kind of rules him out. So, I don't know. I guess it's kind of uh, up in the air. <laughs> I haven't really put too, too much thought into it without really looking at, like, the roster and stuff. But those would be, like, my two early picks. Of course, like I said, depending on all three members of the team are back. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good trios there that, like, like like you said, and but some of them that, like, almost just broke up or some of them where there's somebody injured or, like, there's you have the Undisputed Elite You've got, like you said, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page. You've got Death Triangle. You've got Dark Order, and um, and uh, sadly not anymore. But you could have had maybe Hook, Ricky Starks, and uh, Will Hobbs. Will that Hobbs, would have been good yeah. too. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think you're right right on the uh, nose there about like I think we were waiting for Kenny Omega to come back, but I think uh, I think you're right. It might be Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. That's not necessarily who I want to win, but I guess we can talk about it now. Now that we're now we're on the subject, that backstage segment with um, Hangman Page and the Dark Order and the Young Bucks and all that stuff. I that was one of my favorite parts of the show. Such a great tease of like the awkward tension there. Like, oh, how are you doing? Um, I'm good. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! 
mm-hmm. like the young bucks are terrible actors. So I'll give them that. Like they are terrible <laughs> actors, but, um, but this wasn't a bad segment at all. And I thought it was cute and, and, uh, I don't know the dark order. You kind of can't turn the dark order heel. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do with that. Or if we're going to have another elite dark order feud, God knows. Apparently that was not great. I don't even think I was watching AEW at the time, but I've just not heard good things about that. So yeah, uh, no. what were your thoughts on the segment there? I, I, I love that backstage segment. Yeah, I'm right there with you again. And I, for me, I, I love whenever like the things that the backstage segments that the young bucks do, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I love, how simple they are yet how effective they normally always are now obviously you have ones that are better than others but i just i love the just the the simpleness of this and it it just made total sense right because that's that's exactly what i would be in real life if i walked up on someone who i wasn't expecting to walk up on and we had like an awkward pass and things didn't really end well and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be hashed out i would be awkward as you know what you know what i mean so it it made sense to me and it played into their characters very well. I love that the dark order came up and obviously interrupted things and didn't really read the room. Right. When they just barged in on everything. Um, and it obviously left a cliffhanger going forward. So I, I think to me, it was super simple. I don't even know, like the segment itself was probably what a couple minutes, maybe at, at most. And I just think it really set up the stage for so much to come. So um, young bucks, get a lot of crap for a lot of things but i i think that they don't get enough credit when it comes to like producing segments like that backstage so i i just love like you said i loved everything about it yeah it was it was really relatable um something that's not so relatable is Danhausen, uh which was absolute ricky starks <laughs> versus Danhausen next for the ftw title i guess we'll break this up into little segments but it was a quick match uh ricky starks basically you know squashing Danhausen real quick just a couple of uh, a couple of roll-ups here and there for near falls, but for the most part, it was Ricky Starks uh, beating up Danhausen without a problem. Uh, any thoughts on the the Danhausen match? Or I don't even know your thoughts on Danhausen as a whole. I don't think we've had a chance to talk about him either. I, some people really love him. Some people really hate him. I'm kind of in the middle. I don't care as much. Uh, I think I think he's funny, uh, and I think this is a perfect role for him. I don't think you're going to put the world title on him, but you know you need guys like this who are so over. So. Um, I think he's playing the role of like pretty Peter Avalon essentially, but better. Yeah. I, again, I, I agree with you a hundred percent there. I'm, I'm myself. I'm kind of there in the middle. I, I can appreciate his character and I appreciate that the, no one really takes him that seriously as a wrestler. Um, and to be honest, like prior to his like, um, uh, exposure in AEW and, or at least like when Ring of Honor ended and the speculation, like when he was out with his knee injury or Ring of, or AEW was going to hire him and all that stuff. I really was kind of new to him. So I saw a few things and I really like, I, I guess wrestling still isn't really his thing because I didn't really find that many matches on him. So if anyone out there is listening I, and you have like a favorite Dan Housen match, please direct me in that direction. Um, yeah, but I, I that too. Yeah, like I, I, I can appreciate it for the character aspect because that's what wrestling is too, right? Wrestling is character. So I can appreciate it for, for in that respect. Um, and like you said, I think this match was, was what it was. Like it, he shouldn't go 5, 10, 15 minutes with a Ricky Starks in an actual competitive match unless that's the direction that they're going to want to go in with Dan Housen going forward, which I, I don't see happening. Um, so, yeah, it was what it was. And it obviously just was there to kind of set up the, the segment thereafter. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Stark saying, very, very nice, very evil, but you are not absolute. And uh, takes another challenge. And then huge pop for Hook's music. Hook comes out, takes on the challenge. And this was another really quick match, but I thought this was worlds, like worlds beyond that match. The flip out of the arm drag was awesome and another huge pop for that one. And uh, and Hook is your new FTW champion getting uh, the tap out with the red rum, like a standing red rum. Uh, I thought uh, I, for myself, I, I'm I'm on the hook train i think hook is awesome i think he's the what is it the handsome devil whatever like i think he's um i think he's a huge star i think they mess him up a lot with like these weird backstage segments that i think are stupid but when he's in the ring he is no joke he's got a lot to learn still obviously but uh whatever they he doesn't know how to do yet they mask it really well and they masked it here really well i thought again and it's probably right with the orange trunks obviously that that hook's gonna win Mm -hmm. the ftw championship and carry on his dad's legacy like that i um 
I think the FTW title as a whole is kind of silly, but uh, and they they say they don't recognize it as a title, but if you go on the AEW website, it has it in the title. So I don't know exactly. And wasn't it defended at Battle of the Belts as well? Yeah, well, because they don't care about Battle of the Belts, so they just slam like the titles they don't care about to defend on that. But yeah, exactly. So so it's not recognized, but it's recognized. So I don't really understand. I don't understand it much, but I did really like this match. I liked. Hook as a whole, and you know what? I'll we'll merge this all together because we got a great promo from Ricky Starks afterwards, talking about turning like a a, a belt into gold and or taking uh, you know uh, leather and metal and turning it into gold, and um, that you know it is his time now. He's not the pre- he's not the past. He's not the future. He's the present. And then boom, out of nowhere, Powerhouse Hobbs clotheslining Ricky Starks from behind and hitting him with a spinebuster. We had the turn. They're broken up. I was heartbroken by this. What did you think of the match and the turn at the end? Um, I was a, I, I was a big fan of Hook winning the title itself and the whole moment and everything that it means and just everything. Like, if, if you obviously know Taz and the history there, you know, it, it's just a cool moment, right? And I was low-key. Like, prior to me, I was expecting Hook to maybe, like, walk over to the commentator's booth really quick and just do, like, a fist bump or something in Taz, or just some type of acknowledgement, at least there, but he he didn't. He it's just played cool. it. Yeah, yeah, he just played it cool and acted normal, so um, props, you know, and I, I can respect that. I just, I thought if, if any time it was going to be, like, if they were going to acknowledge it on TV or, like, they were going to do that. I mean, not that they haven't acknowledged it. Obviously, they talk about it all the time, but Hook, rather, acknowledging, you know, and just having that moment, but he doesn't, and I I kind of like that too. How he just completely ignores and acts like Taz isn't even out there. Like every time we see him, um, it's just kind of funny to me. But um, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of of Hook uh, uh, myself as well, uh, and the moment itself. But I now I'm I'm kind of ready to see a full length match from him. Like I want to see like an actual like competitive match um i'm, I'm kind of ready to see him climb up the ranks slowly i mean i'm not saying he's ready for like a tnt title shot or and obviously not a heavyweight championship match or you're still light years away from that but i think i'm just kind of ready to see him more in a more competitive match not saying he needs to go forward and defend the ft title because i think now that he won it i think he should retire it i think uh whether you want to still show him if he's backstage ha- holding it or whatever um but I, I don't think anyone else should really win it from him. I don't think that it really needs to be defended at this point. I think the kind, the story is kind of like a, that Cinderella story, right? It's kind of like the, the best case scenarios. So just kind of wrap it up and be done with it, especially since they say they don't want to acknowledge it anyway. Um, I, again, am right there with you. I, I was kind of heartbroken myself, and I was really shocked, you know, with Hobbs turning on Ricky, and and obviously just not just that the clothesline was just brutal. Uh, just I I love that it was just that one move, and then he just kind of like that snarky look, and then that was it because. Hobbs is just a, a thick and just beast of a man, right? So it's just that, that look and that face like is intimidating enough. So I give them props in that regard for not overdoing it. But like you, I'm kind of bummed that we didn't get a longer run with them. But I'm interested to see what this does for Team Taz going forward. I kind of hope that maybe, if anything, Taz aligns with Hobbs um and is the mouthpiece for Hobbs and Ricky can obviously speak for himself and just kind of does his own thing but I, I love that Ricky is, is going to be a baby face not going forward and I'm obviously a huge fan of his so I'm just kind of ready for him to shine at this point yeah that's a good point I don't know where um Taz is going to end up I, you'd think with Hobbs just because Ricky Starks is probably a little bit of a better talker but at the same time on commentary you heard Taz like what are you doing Will um so I don't know uh, where we're going to end up there but yes I'm happy about the baby face turn as well I just I worry about all these guys because, like you said, you want Hook to, you know, have I, – I give Hook a feud and then you want to have someone like Powerhouse Hobbs. You want to push him to the moon because he's incredible, great facials, all that stuff. He's, they Both guys still have a lot to learn, obviously, but – um, and they're still super young. But, like, uh, these are great wrestlers and you want to pr- protect them, for lack of a better term. But you also want to put them on TV and you don't want them to just disappear from our minds and you don't want another Brian Cage situation. So I think, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs has 10 times the charisma that Brian Cage does. But I just wonder where they're going to go with all this after the feud. Like, I always think about what's next. What's next after the feud, mm-hmm. That like the blow off? Um, like, what do you do after you turn on the tag team partner and you guys have your feud? What What do you do after that? And that like, that's the right. defining feud for me, not always, like, the tag team partner. Like, I don't worry about Jungle Boy. After Jungle Boy and Christian Cage have their feud, like, I'm f- Christian Cage is maybe uh, is going to do whatever he's going to do, but Jungle Boy is going to be absolutely fine. I worry about Hobbs uh, after this feud. So, 
but next up we had Dante Martin versus Sammy Guevara, and this was a spot fest of, of you know, Spanish flies, backflips, cutters, all the like, and um, and we had Dante hitting a Spanish fly on Sammy for a near fall, and then Sammy came out of nowhere with a cutter and then followed up with a GTH, pinning Dante Martin. After the bell, Ty, Ty and Sammy, I always want to say Tay, Ty and Sammy mm-hmm. continue to beat down, and then we had Sky Blue taking her a sorry time coming in the ring. Like, they Ugh. messed that up, I think, or something, because she was just standing outside in the ring while Dante Martin was getting beat up. But um, uh, finally came in, and then Ruby Soho, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston came out to make the save after um, the baby faces were getting the beat down. A huge pop for Eddie Kingston uh, and Ruby Soho and Ortiz, but mostly Eddie. You heard the Eddie chants and stuff like that. So I'm curious, what did you think about the match here, and what did you think about the after the match? I mean, the match itself, how can you not like a match between them? And I think yeah, it was it, fun. This, yeah, and I think this match is just kind of one of those matches that we'll definitely see in, what, three, five years from now when these guys have some more experience, especially Dante, right, um, more just experience, especially, like, on, on promo. And I think the only thing that he's really missing is just connecting. I mean, in one way, in a lot of ways, rather, he, he does connect with the fans, but I think it's just that just something's missing, and I think – it's just, you know, give him time and, and we'll, we'll all find it. And, you know, we'll all be connected as his fans. And, you know, I, I think that's the only thing that's missing with him because dude is just insane in the ring. And I think he, to me, he's kind of like a, a young and a, a still young talent-wise. I, I mean, in, in regards to like a, a Will Ospreay, I think that he's kind of one of those guys where it doesn't really look like he's just doing like, okay, it's a spot here, a spot here, a spot here. It, he has a, a good way of, and kind of like a Ray Phoenix as well, like or Phoenix, just tying everything together. Um, and I think over time, like he's just going to get better at that as well. So uh, he's one of those where I, I'm not like crazy on him right now, but he's he's one of those where it's like, man, like you know, he's he's going to be like probably not like the next big thing, but in like a, a this, like the face of the company, but he's going to be like one of those upper card guys where it's believable. And, you know, like it, when he does face off for like a championship, like there is that chance where like, and kind of like a underdog, like Rey Mysterio type thing too. Um, you, there's a chance where he could pull it off. So I'm a, a, a trying to be a big Dante Martin fan. I just, there's like just something else that I need to like really latch on. Sammy and the hero role, I just, I'm really digging it. I, I just kind of wish that they would have stayed separate from JAS, but that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, the, I'm so happy you, you, you kind of uh, briefly referenced the whole sky blue thing. Cause I, to me, it was like, dude, like you're out there. And I, I, pretty certain they didn't like actually recognize that uh sky blue and dante are in like an actual relationship so even just like the partnership and just like the friendship like your sole purpose of being out there is to watch his back and to save him from being ganged up on two on one and like you're standing there and it's not like we can't even see her like she's directly in our our camera shot like just standing there watching him get just get pummeled and just like just beat up and i'm just like it takes Sammy going to the top rope for you then to come in and like finally like stand in his face. Like to me, it was just like, yeah, like obviously something was was slightly off there, but I don't know. Like even if you're waiting on a cue, like at some point, like it was getting kind of awkward. It's like, girl, like get in there. Like even if like we're not acknowledging that's your man, like that's your friend, like get in there and help him. So I don't know. It's just, it was just kind of one of those things. I was just kind of comical to me. It just really stood out, but yeah, like you said, I, I, Eddie Kingston is just stupid over. Like, I I love all the love that Eddie gets every week. Um, and it just kind of was what it was. But I'm a little surprised that they're even continuing on with the whole Eddie and JAS thing um, at this point. I'm not surprised at all. I saw that one coming, I think, from a mile away. But I think they oh, should yeah, have put, put the title on Eddie. I think that would have been a great story. And then CM Punk beating Eddie and being like, you just still can't hack it. Um, but maybe they didn't want to go down the heel roll with that again and turning punk heel with Eddie Kingston, maybe would have happened or I don't know exactly what, but I, I think cause he's so, and he doesn't have a lot of time left. Like I hate to be that person, but like, he's not like a spring chicken. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, uh, but he's so, you, you want to strike while the iron's hot and the iron is red hot right now. Um, with Eddie Kingston. So, yeah. but yeah, no, the sky blue thing was weird. Um, and for this match, like, like you said, like, there's just something like for me, the guys, they do these awesome flippy dippy things whenever, but like two young guys, what they're missing is like the, uh, 
Like, the meat and potatoes are great, right? But you need something in between the meat and potatoes. Maybe a little rice, maybe a little asparagus, something yeah. to keep everything together. Yes. Like, And I was like, we're, we were, like, missing the asparagus. We got the great I was about to say asparagus, part. too, yeah. Yes, and just missing the <laughs> yes. stuff that, like, tied the whole meal together. And um, and I think, really, with the character of Dante Martin, he's just missing that exactly, uh, a character. Sammy Guevara is the prick heel with the floofy hair and a hot girlfriend and whatever else will osprey is the arrogant prick you know what i mean dante martin is just missing a character he Mm -hmm. when you're just the when you're just the high flying guy you're like a ricochet like you're just you could just do cool stuff in the ring but what else are you really what else more and so that's like i know what you're saying you're trying to be a dante martin fan me too but like what what can i really connect with there um which isn't much or what can i be mad at or what can i you know like make me feel something other than like the five minutes you're in the ring and you do a flip and it's cool like that's not always like gonna last like at least ray phoenix even is like he's probably closer to a dante martin in that sense but at least you can connect he's like a luchador and you know what i mean like He's got yeah, but he makes triangle. you feel like he he evokes emotion out of his match oh, like, and during the match and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm missing is some kind of emotional connection to Dante Martin and um and I and I couldn't agree more with you on that. So, but hopefully he gets there one day. And, and speaking yeah. of emotional connections with somebody, right? Jungle Boy's promo is next, and um this is mm-hmm. the best promo of Jungle Boy's career. Comes out and he just says, "Kristen Cage, you're the biggest, you know what uh, I've ever met in my entire life." Um. And he talks about how why he was mad because he got thrown out of the ring uh, and that, you know, he missed his payday and he wanted his payday because he just got out of a divorce, told Christian he had a tiny wiener. Uh, like it was, it was pretty. And then he was like, why do you think the divorce happened, you guys? Or why do you think his le- wife left him? And like pretty, pretty like, like. I don't know what the word I'm looking for exactly, but like good for, I just was sitting there like good for you, jungle boy, you get yours. And, um, Christian cage backstage interrupting jungle boy, basically telling him he's going to put him in the ground next to his father. Whew. Uh, more, more, um, not controversial, but more touchy stuff in this. And then I thought a great jungle boy promo. What, what did you think about the segment? Yeah. So Part of me was kind of torn. So I, I, I really enjoyed and I think this was this was what it needed to be promo wise from Jungle Boy, but part of me is like, okay, like where do we go like from here now with Jungle Boy? And I, I part of me even feels weird even calling him Jungle Boy at this point. And I know AEW still obviously we're barely three years into it. Um I, something like part of me feels like he's really grown, right? Like I just feel weird, and I'm not saying we should sit here and call him like Jungle Man going forward or anything yeah. like that. But it's like I, I, I don't really if it's just what, what, what does Jr. call him? Jack Perry or not Jack Perry? Or is that what he calls yeah, him? Like Jungle right, Boy, Perry. Jack Perry? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like part of me just feels like with with how personal Christian Cage got with what he said obviously in the weeks leading up to last night uh promo from jungle boy it's just part of me feels like if once we were ready for that promo something needed to change and i like you like i loved the context of what he was saying but little things and i hate i hate to be this person um but i i can't help it like the the times where he would pause and kind of like look to the fans for like reassurance or for like their reaction like Dude, like, the fire, and the way that he started that promo with the fire and just, like, grabbing the microphone and, like, yelling, like, I would have, not saying that he should have yelled throughout the entire promo, or if if you were, like, maybe not have it that long to begin with. Like, to me, it was just too, it got to a point where it was just kind of, like, too, like, not too cute, but, like, it was just, like, he was just kind of, like, waiting for the reaction in a lot of ways um but i loved what he said too if that makes sense because i I feel like i'm kind of contradicting myself but to me like i kind of would have held off on this promo right like to me like i would have done something like and again call me crazy uh please i'd love to hear like your your side of this and uh but i part of me would have loved to have seen like them film something backstage right so for instance like we all know jungle boy is going to be there christian was going to be there have uh the have jungle boy backstage grab a camera camera guy right and say and drag him to where christian cage's dressing room is because obviously christian is this pompous guy so of course he's gonna have his own locker room and just barge into his locker room and just beat him up and just beat the crap out of him because to me like if if someone is saying all those things about my father who's just re- like i think jungle boy's father didn't he die like right at the beginning of when aew started like it yeah, hasn't it been that long recent. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, it hasn't even been that long. I mean, granted, like, that's a huge loss in the matter of the time that's passed, but, like, it's still very, very fresh, you know? So, to me, like, if you're saying all that stuff about, like, my deceased father, let alone, like, my mother and my sister and everything like that, like, I'm not getting in the ring and, and cutting a promo on you this week. Like, the second I can, like, I'm going in there and beating the crap out of you. Like, yes, he tried to do that last week, and he escaped or whatever, and I'm I'm glad they addressed that. But, like, dude, like, I, and I, I would have done it it personally my way and of course i'm probably biased but because it buys you another week too because like how do we follow up on it next week is is my thing especially if the idea is to drag this match out to uh all out i just think you would have bought yourself more time there and i think you could have added a little bit more uh drama with luchasaurus because to me like i'm sorry like something i don't trust him now like he's still wearing the black gear like i don't trust this 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 luchasaurus guy anymore now mimi so I don't know, like, I'm, maybe I'm reading way too much into it, but I I, lo- I liked the promo a lot, but I just feel like it was, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know. Tell me, tell me I'm crazy, maybe. Don't, don't put a, don't put my man Luchasaurus down, the man dinosaur. No, I know <laughs> what you mean, though. So, I don't know, I, I like the black gear. Maybe people just really, other people really liked it, too, and that's why he's still wearing it. But, or, or, like you said, he could be doing a turn later on as well, and maybe that's how they're going to drag this out to more than one match. It's just my WWE brain, though. Um, but, like, uh, I think... I think I see what you're talking about. I could have seen, like, maybe when uh, Christian came up on the big screen, Jungle Boy could have just ran backstage and tried to go attack him and then had them pull a bark brawl or something like that. Like, like I know what you mean. Like, he had a lot of fire, and then it was kind of cutesy for a little while. And and I, en- I think I enjoyed the cutesy, and that's why I was okay with, like, this weird, not plot hole, but, like, for lack of a better term, uh, that you wouldn't just go attack this guy who keeps saying all this stuff about your family. Um, instead, though, I will say I think like the way he got back at him was not physically, but was like he was getting back at him verbally at this point. And they're gonna do the physical part later on. But so I think yeah. that's kind of where I see I see what you're saying. And then I counter it with like maybe for now it was just supposed to be a verbal sparring, and then they're gonna do the actual physical stuff. They're trying to save that because, like you said, they gotta get all the way to all out. Uh, we still have a couple of weeks to get there, and um, but this is one of my like most highly anticipated feuds. I'm really excited for the match. I think Christian Cage is uh, still very underrated in the ring, uh, and I'm I'm Definitely. super excited for this going on. But I see what you're saying, 100. percent Yeah, really quick. Do you think that? Do you think um, Luchasaurus is is really on Jungle Boy's side going forward, or do you think him and Christian this is like a, a ploy on Jungle Boy still? Because I, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much. I love the black gear too. Like I really dig it, by the way. But part of me is like, and maybe it is just something simple, like you said. Like it's just he just looks cool, and he's just sticking with it. But like, part of me is like, okay, like in the future when he does go heel, like what else is he gonna wear? Because black is always a go-to, you know, for like your heel turn. So it's like, and I mean, obviously, I'm again probably reading too much into it. But what do you what do you think about? I love when a heel wears white, like Seth Rollins or someone like that. Whereas yeah. I, I, yeah. I live for that. But um, but I know what you mean. You know what? I could absolutely see that. Now that you think about, like you say that, like AEW is a company that loves like dropping little hints and seeds and stuff. And that might be a seed that you're picking up on that I didn't pick up on at all. Um, it was a whole weird thing there, like where Luchasaurus just went automatically back with Jungle Boy and um. And really, Christian Cage didn't go that far in on him either. He just called him a lapdog. Like, he could have called him yeah. a you-know-what, you know what I mean? Like, and um, uh, it's their favorite word in wrestling, the B word. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, so you know what? Now that you're saying it, I see it totally happening, and maybe that's how the fir- first match ends. I just, uh, I think Luchasaurus, I liked the heel run, the brief heel run, so I'd kind of be all for it. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I know we're not going to labor on this too long, but he was kind of a, a you know what to to what was it matt hardy and who else did he beat up like so it wasn't like luchasaurus was just like has just been standing there and like didn't do anything you know like, he was kind of a a, a bad guy like yeah, a legit a bad guy that now yeah I yeah yeah and so you're just saying like you just or jungle boy like put him up to doing all that so i don't know like to me that's why i feel like there's gotta be more to that um or i'm just reading too much into it but we no, can i don't we think can you are on. at all i'm excited to see what uh happens with that what i'm not excited for is next week christian gates versus matt hardy yeah. <laughs> but that's just, oh, I don't gosh. need to go two-footed on Matt Hardy. Yeah. St- yeah. Stop putting Matt Hardy on my television when you have all of these amazing wrestlers. Even, like, there was this story that came out today about, like, Ethan Page, Brian Cage, um, Sonny Kiss, all kind of complaining about not having television time. And then oh, you're really? Matt Hardy on my, on my television. Um, oh, yeah. Wow. I'm so sick of that. I just, it's got, they got to stop. Um, 
All right, next up we had Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling versus the Spurs Strickland. For some reason, Keith Lee ban- banned from ringside. No one ever explained that. Like, why? Yeah, I was wondering that, too. Um, okay, that good. made no sense it. to me, just for Angle's sake, because he obviously got uh, attacked backstage by Josh Woods. I think it would have been better to have him out there and then get have him get laid out in front of the crowd by Josh Woods. That would have made more sense as to why he would be banned from ringside. It makes no sense. But, um... Yeah, this was a quick match and Swerve doing Swerve things and Tony Nese being, you know, Tony Nese, who is incredible as well. And um, the accidental tag to Smart Mark Sterling basically allowing Swerve to get the pinfall uh, with that great kick to the side of the head. Like, that's one of my favorite finishers right now. Yes. Um, it's really good. Um, and, yeah, so backstage, like I said, Keith Lee's uh, laid out by Josh Woods. And Swerve is like, oh, my God, runs back to try to get him um, but gets – clocked by a uh, uh, niece with the uh, title in the back of the head. So this feud will continue. Why is Keith Lee banned from ringside? Um, and and this is where the tag titles are. That's what I got for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, not not a fan of that, um, that this is where the tag team titles are. I am, I am not that I'm not a fan of who the champions are. It's just a kind of a cluster, um, but that's a whole other uh, topic in and of itself but yeah the, i mean the match was what it was you know i i hate to again be this person but we have a full roster and why tony niece like i it's not that i'm i love that he has a job and i love that he's employed and he's really you know he's very good in the ring he has a great look i just i why like why um so yeah and i mean Smart Mark Sterling, he's cool. I mean, not like he's cool. He's he's fine. He you know he he serves his purpose. But I don't know. Like I just feel like it's not like we have time to kill, right? It's not like AEW is a three hour show every week, and we're just trying to fill time. So to me, like when I see this, I'm like, okay, like I I don't hate it, and it's not going to sit here and make me like turn the channel or anything. But I'm just like, why? Like I I don't know. Like and like. I get the the angle afterwards with Keith Lee being knocked out. I give him no idea either why he was banned from ringside. Um, but it dude looked like he was sleeping when we first, like when the camera yeah, first absolutely. showed him. Like it was just like, come on, like I know nothing against Keith Lee. It's just, it, oh, those situations are just always awkward, right? Because you know, like whatever, it's just always an awkward situation. The camera so. always lingers a little too long. Yeah, there's just nothing. There's just no good way out of that. So I always feel for everyone involved in that situation, but. I'm I'm intrigued by Josh Woods. I've seen a little bit of him um, going to especially like some of the dark tapings. I've I've seen him in person. And dude's the real deal. Like he's very solid. He's a, a, a good technician in the ring. But again, I I don't you especially with your tag division in AEW. Like you have a stacked division there. So. I don't know, like, to me, it, it, I'm kind of, I don't know if concerned is the right word heading into All Out, but I think we're, what, six-ish weeks out from All Out, uh, going into five now. So it's not like we're pressed for time, but it's not like we have months either. So I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how everything kind of shakes out. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like this maybe is just obviously a few to just buy time, and then maybe this match would be a quick, quick at the league, quick by the league, whatever, quick, whatever league. Um so I think this is just to fill time until then, and then after that, we'll, we'll obviously set up our, our match or our story for All Out. But I don't know. I'm just kind of just meh on, on it at this point. And it sucks because I am I enjoy uh, Swerve and, and Keith Lee a lot. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm meh about it as well. I think my question I always ask in my head is, like, would the Young Bucks be doing this? And the yeah, and obviously not. Clearly you know, not. They dropped yeah. the titles, so obviously not. So, and, and, you know, I meant to mention with the trio titles, I was thinking maybe that's exactly why they dropped the titles because they're going to win the trio yes, titles. But, yes. um, yeah, that was another one of my points. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yes. Yeah. No, I forgot about that <laughs> until now as well. But so, I, I mean, I, I don't think this is going all the way to all out. I think they'll, you know, like you said, at the quake at the lake or whatever it's called quake by the lake, um, they'll, they'll finish this off. But I think, uh, I don't know. <laughs> here's like quick, better booking. They could have done like just put an eliminator match with private party or, uh, butcher in the, I don't know, or, you know, the, uh, Lucha Bros, somebody just like put a quick eliminator match on something like that and win, have the tag team champions win, or you know what I mean, just like give them an excuse to wrestle on television with the top ranked team and just like continue to build the division. Like there doesn't need to be an. This is the problem with AEW. There's an angle to everything. There's a cake to the face to absolutely mm-hmm. every story. You can't just have exhibition matches and like realistically, that's the whole premise of AEW with wins and losses. So just give me a match that doesn't mean anything. 
Right. That's just exactly. match for match sakes. And it's a banger of a match for a banger of a match sakes. I mean, they have no problem with putting trios tag team matches on just to be bangers of matches. So just give me, you know what I mean? Just give me a good match for a good match sake and be able to see our champions wrestle or whatever. I think it would have been a lot easier and a better, like I would have felt a lot more for Keith Lee and uh Swerve Strickland after something like that, rather than I did. Now I just feel disappointed in where they're at right now. Um, and it devalues the titles when the champions are where they are right now. Like it just makes the titles mean less. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So speaking of titles meaning less, sorry, bad transition, but it's true. The, uh, it's the quarter hour and you know what that means. Um, AEW women's world title match, Thunder Rosa versus I'm going to mess this up. Mia Yamashita. Yeah, that oh, was pretty, sweet. that was pretty close. I just sounded that one out. Um, these guys had a great match for the most part, a really good battle. Um, and uh, Thunder Rosa ended up getting the win with the fi- Fire Thunder driver and getting the pinfall. But uh, I don't know. I-, I think you're already fighting an uphill battle when it's somebody that not a lot of people are familiar with. I'm not familiar with. I don't watch um, a lot of I-, – I don't know if it was stardom or where exactly she came from. But, like, I don't watch a lot of Japanese wrestling, period. Um, n- never, nonetheless, like, uh, women's Japanese wrestling, I wish I had the time to do that in my life, because I probably would be, I probably would really enjoy it, and I've heard really great things. We should really get into stardom. But, um, Mia Yamashita, uh, was great and had a great showing, but you're already fighting an uphill battle, I feel like, when so- you don't know one of the competitors, and there's nothing wrong with that, like, because here's an opportunity to find out, like we just said, you watch a Will Ospreay match, you want to watch another one, like, that's a cool opportunity to have something like that. You watch a Roosh match, you maybe don't want to watch another one, or at least for me, uh, this didn't make me want to go seek out Mia Yamashita. It did make me want to seek out more stardom and stuff like that, so I'll give them that, that, that definitely helped, but, um... Yeah, this title reign isn't it for me. Uh, this women's division isn't it for me. It's hard for me to invest in any kind of women's division matches, even Britt Baker at this point now. Uh, the sandbag line was funny, but other than that, um, uh, but I'll throw it over to you. What did you think of this match? Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure she's – so I was a little um, – and I only know this because I was a little uncertain prior to going into it because, like, like you said, I, I, I need to – there's just so much, just so much of everything in life. But I need to find time to delve more into like the Japanese wrestling world in and of itself. And I know I feel like I say that all the time. And I have, you know, I, I make a little progress, but like the women's side of it is like a whole nother like chapter in and of itself or a whole nother book probably. But so there's like another promotion called like Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. So I know there's yeah. Stardom and then that as well. So I'm pretty sure she wrestles for them. And I think that's like affiliated to, I think it's like DDT something wrestling or something to that effect. Um, but I'm pretty certain that's where her and Thunder Rosa had their first like match that was aired on AEW Dark or Dark Elevation or one of those. Um, so I know that match was, was surprising just that obviously since she got the, the surprise victory there, which was, Stuff like that is cool, right? Like, I, I'm not against, you know, like a, a quick upset victory. And I, I kind of liked how that played out here and that they addressed it and had the rematch on AEW proper, which is obviously Thunder Rose's home turf. So I liked that. And the match, you know, obviously it went how it should have. Um, I'm just ready for Thunder Rosa to have something. I'm just ready for her to have some type of story. And I'm you, obviously you and I are both huge big uh, Dr. Britt Baker fans and I'm biased in a lot of ways but like it it really does feel like if she's not involved in the in the title picture like it's just kind of on the not even the back burner it's just not even on the stove so it's like what are we really doing right now um and I I I can appreciate you know like okay we're we're biting maybe just another week or two until we set up the program for all out but it's like, you know, you, you it's not like John Moxley isn't sitting here doing something at least somewhat substantial each week or like your other champions aren't doing something. And I mean, to me, I feel like we see Jade Cargill more than we do Thunder Rosa. Um, and I, I to me, like if I'm not mistaken, Thunder Rosa's championship is still the superior in the women's division. Right. And then it comes to the TBS Women's Championship. And then obviously that's it. Um, unless they're both. Are they both equal? Like, are, are we supposed to believe that they're both equal? Like, I don't I don't know if. If I've missed like a clarification on that, and, but yeah, that I can obviously go on a whole nother rant on on that regard. But yeah, I don't know. To me, and I hope we re- revisit the Thunder Rosa Tony Storm. I'm still kind of surprised that they didn't pull the trigger with Tony Storm uh, when they had the chance. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of disappointed in in a lot of ways. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I wish they pulled the trigger on that match as well. I think Tony Storm would have. Thunder Rosa just doesn't really do it for me subjectively. Um, but I see that she's over, and I can't. You know, you don't. You can't miss that part. So I get that. But she's becoming less and less over because this whole women's division is becoming less and less over uh, as it goes down. And yeah, I think I think the TBS and the TNT title are not supposed to be considered mid card titles, even though they are mid card titles. Uh, but you're right. We see more than Jade Cargill than we do Thunder Rosa, and um, and where the heck is Chris Statlander and uh, all these? I, I, who's going to challenge Thunder Rosa at all out? I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It's and it's th- not that. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. I meant to to add to. I'm so sorry to cut you off. But like, it's not like I don't want to see Jade Cargill on TV because I love Jade. I I think we sh- she gets the exact amount of TV time she should. And if if not if nothing else, probably she should get a little bit more. But if you're gonna have her on there, then like, how can you not have your your other women's champion on there as well? So it's just like, and and I just mean that when I throw that out there, just in in the sense that it's like, well, what is Thunder Rosa doing? You know, like why isn't she doing anything really? <laughs> Yeah, and maybe, 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 maybe not just cram it all into one little third quarter hour segment. Mm. Just put all the women in one little segment. Not that. Maybe just an idea. Maybe spread it out throughout the show. That could, that could, that could, might, maybe it would help a little bit, a little more exposure. I what? Don't know. Uh, spread it out. I know the show. it's not even on the stove, dude. I love that. Not even on the stove. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention too. We did have a promo from Malachi Black. I, I never understand them, but this one I kind of understood, so that was good. Um, but uh, of talking about the Redeemer, what do you think? Do you think Nero's yes. going to join the House of Black, or do you think he's no. going to fight against them with Darby Allen's thing? Yeah, as much as an awkward trio it is to have Miro with Darby Allen and Sting, and I just I can't wait to see that visual. Um, I just I. I don't see it happening with Miro and as part of the House of Black. I just, I think this is just, um, just a distraction or just, you know, Miro playing mind games with the House of Black just to kind of kill some time and and just just add another layer to it. Um, but I I do love and it, it seems like a lot of people like not you but like a lot of other like outlets I like, didn't pick up like the whole like reason like Miro was wearing sunglasses last week and like the reason why he was torn like that was like because that if. Like the whole point of Miro's like promos, at least on Miro's point, is is him being kind of conflicted and asking God, like you know, why are you putting this like decision in front of him to make him choose between, or are you asking him to choose like to join the House of Black and all this stuff? So, to me, like at least on the Miro side, it's pretty clear like his confusion. Um, but yeah, like like you said, it's uh, Malachi Black kind of reminds me of Bray Wyatt and, and like the early Bray Wyatt days. Just the promo or the segment is it's. To me, at least, it's intriguing a lot of, but a lot of times it's like, yeah, like, what are we even, like, what are we even getting at? Like, what's what are we, like, the about? main, yeah, like, what's the main, like, the words you say are really cool. Like, and I love the way you, you put it together and you look dope and, like, I, I love everything about it. I just don't really know what we're doing, but it's just a weird thing. He reminds me of that, like, if you've ever been to, like, a slam poetry thing or just heard someone read poetry, he reminds me of the poet who goes and, like, just bought a thesaurus for the first time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the words, <laughs> yes. or, like, I don't know if you ever saw that episode of Friends where Joey writes the letter to Chandler and Monica's, like, adoption agency or something, and he finds the thesaurus, so things. instead of writing, like, uh, he goes, like, sincerely, baby kangaroo. Uh, <laughs> and, um... No. To me, Malachi Black just like I think he just reads a thesaurus or like must like read yeah. a dictionary and War and Peace in his spare time, and that's where he gets his vocabulary because I don't understand a word he says. My mother's an English major too. I'd like to think I'm a pretty good Scrabble player. I'd also like to think yeah. I have an okay vocabulary. It goes, it all goes out the yeah. window when I get on this podcast. But um, I just say cool a lot and you know yeah, whatever else. Too. But uh, but yeah, I don't know about that. So 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 I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. I think it's a good layer to the story too. It makes it a little bit better than just this fun trios match, which is going to happen. And um, I wonder if they're going to save it for the pay per view, or maybe they'll do it at um, the earthquake by the lake or whatever it's called. And um, and yeah, now we have our main event. Uh, we had Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia, and what an upset! Uh, yeah, there was a little interference from Jay Kayer, but um. This was this was slow, like really, really slow, but it held my attention the entire time. Like I was not trying to skip through it. If I, I skipped through, like maybe they were on the ground and I knew the ten count or whatever was coming through because I didn't have enough time to watch this whole thing. I actually had to watch this uh, separately, so that might have been part of it too. Uh, but this held my attention the entire time. The blood, there wasn't a lot of blood. Sorry, Brian Danielson, do you do not enter my best bleeders club? Um, but he was, uh, he was definitely bloodied up and like, you know, playing, he's playing with us 
with this concussion stuff, man. Like he's really messing yeah. with their head and that pile driver looked brutal. Um, oh. And I like that finally a pile driver ends the match. You're getting dropped on your freaking head for sake. Like, you know what I mean? Like uh, finally it ended a match and Daniel Garcia got the victory. So what did you think about the main event? Yeah. So to me, the, the thing that, and again, I, I feel like I've, I've been a real downer here. But I again, I love the match, and I just I when I when I saw that this was going to be Danielson's return match, I was obviously like stoked for it because Daniel Garcia is just in, incredible in the ring, and to me it's it's so funny. Like I I would really be intrigued to see how many main events, whether it's been on Dynamite or Rampage, that dude has been in Daniel Garcia because yeah. like it's I just feel like every time he's he has a singles match, it's the main event. And like kudos to him. I'm not even hating on it. It's just like. When I saw that it was going to be the main event, I was like, interesting. It's like a guaranteed um, banger. Yeah, 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 and, and rightfully so. So I I love the match itself, and I love the story throughout the match. I Again, they just kind of killed it for me. And maybe, well, maybe kill is a little strong. Um, it, they really just kind of, like, deflated my balloon. They didn't pop it necessarily. They just untied mm. it and, like, slowly seeped the air out of it. When they did the whole uh, grabbing Hager grabbing of the foot thing with Brian Danielson and chipping him up or like, whatever, just holding on to him, um, and then having that lead into the finish, like to me, it would have been so much more. And like, and not to say like I I called it or whatever, but like to me, like earlier or kind of like midway through the match, I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, like if they were to have like Garcia get the upset victory here, like I think it would be huge. Like just kind of just like thinking like out loud to myself, and then. <clears throat> Seeing the end of the match, like part of me was happy that Garcia got the victory, but I just feel like it kind of would have been. And again, I'm probably nitpicking far too much, but to me, like it, it I don't know, like it, it would have been a little bit more if he would have done something to really like secure the victory. And especially with it being, a, what was it like? It was a submission victory, right? Where Daniel kind of just like passed out. Oh yeah, um, you're right. You're right. To yeah. me, in like, to me, like with the whole like Hager tripping him up, like. That how did that play into it? Because that it's not like he like knocked Danielson loopy or anything like that, and then like that's what knocked him out. Like he just really tripped him up and like held onto his leg for a little bit, and then uh, uh, what's his name Garcia got him into the submission hole at the very end. And that was the conclusion. So it's like Danielson is still a, a a bad you know what technician. So it's like he couldn't have reversed out of it. So to me, like and again, I know I'm I'm reading way too much into it and probably ruining the fun for a lot of people listening to this and I'm I'm truly sorry but that was just what kind of stood out to me but I say all that after saying like I I just like you like I love the entire match itself I just would have been more excited if they just really would have like Garcia shined just more and just really given him more of like a, a solid victory um, and, and again, I, I say this and I'll throw it back to you um, with full disclosure that I still am not a fan of Jake Hager. I, I again, I'm, I'm all for people being employed, but I don't see his purpose, man. And it just kind of annoys me far too much than it should when I see him on, on TV. So the fact that he played into the, the decision here to or last night rather kind of just soured me probably more than it should have. Obviously, Matt Hardy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I, I, just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like. Oh, and I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's an un- unhealthy annoyance at this point. No, I think you make a really good point. I think I think this would have been a lot more impactful if if Daniel Garcia had just gotten the win period. Um, I think the finish was great in the idea of like the actual, you know, besides the interference, the submission, like passing out yeah. from pain, basically. Like, um, uh, I don't know, like that's something some people I know can identify with. And then the even thought of it is just miserable. Like, cause he wasn't being choked out or anything like that. He literally passed out from the pain and that submission looked absolutely awful. Like disgusting. Oh, it did. It did. Um, so, so I, I did, I really liked the finish, but you make a good point where I, it's like, what did that even do? And was it really necessary? I think it just kind of tainted the victory. I think really you could have had Brian Danielson, like really his head be messed up and that be the excuse for the win and just leave it at that. Like if you need an excuse, quote unquote, but I think, yeah, Daniel Garcia, well, at least, you know, at the very least it's on his belt. Uh, now the win against Brian Danielson, and, yeah. and they restrained themselves from a post-match beatdown, so I'll give them that because we had one in every other segment on the show. So True. Um, I'll, I'll give them that at the very least. But overall, I thought this – I know we were a little negative here and there, I think, but overall, like just – 
Like, I think it's good to hold these shows to, like, a standard because, like, then we get Dynamites like this or Dynamite I thought last week was great, too. Like, we get these awesome shows. Uh, two weeks ago, maybe it was, too, was, like, an all-timer for me. Like, we get these awesome shows because we hold it to such a high standard. Like, I'm not comparing this to Raw kind of thing. Like, this Monday no. Night Raw puts on a show like this is the greatest show of the decade. Um, you know what I mean? So, uh but it's important, I think, to nitpick these things because that's what we're here to do. So I don't think you're negative at all. I think um, I think there's things that could be better, and it's important to point those things out. And uh, But for the most part, like you're still being able to enjoy such an awesome wrestling show. So I really like the show overall, and I'm really happy I got to have you on again, Ashley. Yes, no, thank you. Thank you as well. It's always a pleasure, always a blast talking to you about Dynamite. And, and like you said, too, like even if we like single out a few things that we probably would have done differently or whatever, Dynamite is still the best show of the week. Uh, no, no question about that. Still so, Dynamite. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's just we just want them to be the best they can be. You know what I mean? At least that's that's my my take at it. Like a parent to a child. We just want them exactly. to be the best that they can be. Exactly. All right, Ashley, I really appreciate it always, and thank you for being flexible, and thank you guys for being patient one day later, but we wanted to get uh, to get together to be able to do this show. So with all that being said, um, I will talk to you next time. Absolutely. Thank you, Mimi. Take care. Have a- Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show, or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.